Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, good morning again. It is good to be with you this morning, and it is so good uh, to have the opportunity to preach for a congregation this morning. I didn't know when I was on the schedule uh, that I was going to be able to do this a couple weeks ago. So thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, Thank you for joining us online as well. Uh, But during the month of June, we've been in a series called Predicting the Future. And last week, we took a break from our series for our family meeting with Pastor Jeff. And so uh, we are back today for our third and final week in our Predicting the Future series. And if you remember, our Predicting the Future series is not about crystal balls. It's not about predicting what comes next. It's about looking into the future that God has for each of us and predicting the changes that we might need to make as we follow Jesus into that future. And so this series is all about change. And in our first week, Pastor Jeff pointed us to the scripture that tells us the good news that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ as he works us through the change that he has for us. And then in the second week, uh, Pastor Jeff reminded us that whatever change God begins in us, he promises to finish. Sometimes that process takes time, but God is always faithful to lead us through that transformation. And so today, we're going to continue to celebrate that God has a different future for us that takes us beyond where we are right now, and he invites us to a life that is new and is changing, and he invites all of us to embrace that change. Many of you know uh, that Morgan and I are expecting some changes in our lives in the uh, next couple of months here, and so uh, we are excited to welcome our second son um, in the beginning of September or there around. And so we're excited about that, but we're really nervous also to do that because it's been a while since we've done uh, the baby stage, and we've kind of gotten used to being able to double-team one kid. And so we know that we're going to have to switch to a little bit more of a man-to-man defense in the next couple of months here. And so uh, we are excited about all of that, but we are also also a little bit nervous for all of the change that is coming. But you kind of have nine months to prepare for that. That's kind of how this works. So that's been nice uh, to kind of warm up to all the change that is coming. But as we all know, 2020 did not afford us that. 2020 brought us a lot of things that we didn't know to prepare for. And so it's required all of us to do things in quite a different way than we're used to as we're getting used to all of the change that is happening around us. And so this morning we're talking about the change that Jesus came to bring to our lives and to the world. And if we're familiar with the words of Christ in the Gospels, we know that his teachings and the kingdom that he invites us to be a part of require changing approaches, changing traditions, and changing structures. Jesus is always introducing change. And in fact, we know when Jesus talks, he often says, you've heard it said one way. And then he goes on to explain something completely different and something completely new. And so this morning, we're starting with the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And so if you're wanting to follow along this morning in your Bible or your Bible app, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 39. 
And while you're finding this, I, I do want to say this is a great passage. I love this is one of my favorite passages, but it has some really strange analogies in it. And so we're going to have to unpack those a little bit this morning as we get into this. But this this passage gives us a great look into the kingdom that Jesus came to bring and that change that He is bringing to each of our lives. And so I'm excited for this this morning. Uh, but if you're here in person, would you stand with me as we read uh, from the from the Word of God this morning? Again, this is Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 39. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new for they say the old is better. This is the word of God for the people of God, and our response is always, thanks be to God. You may be seated this morning. So this is a passage that tells us how Jesus came to introduce change and to do something completely new. And sometimes new things do replace old things. And I think we know we don't have to be talking about spiritual things or about Scripture to realize that this is true. We live in a world where new things replace old things all the time. And sometimes we're just in need of something new. And I know that we are all incredibly thankful for the wonder of technology, especially during this season. It's allowed many of us to work from home for a season. It's allowed us to maintain relationships from a distance. And... We never would have been able to do what we've done with online church. I know it hasn't been fun to not be able to gather in the ways that we're used to, uh, but we never, 10, 15 years ago, never would have been able to do what we've done with online church. And so we're so thankful for the way that technology has advanced during this time. And a big thank you goes to the guys in the back who know how this technology works and that allow us to do that. Uh, But technology is always being, being updated, new versions of our favorite electronics are always being released, and it's amazing how quickly the things that we have can become old and outdated. I was thinking this week that I actually remember sitting in a store and trying to decide if I should buy music on a cassette tape or on a CD CD, because I knew that CDs were the new technology, that was the new thing, but my parents' vehicles still had CD play or had cassette players rather. And so this was an actual conversation that I had with myself, what I should do. It seems so crazy now, but now, of course, everything is digital. It's downloadable. You would never even consider buying a cassette. You just, you just would not do that. And if you, if you did, for whatever reason, you would never then expect to be able to play that cassette in a CD player. It just, it just doesn't work that way. I was actually, I talked to a couple of students uh, ahead of the service this morning and I said, do you even know what a cassette tape is? And they, not joking, had no idea what that was. They will never know the pain that some of us have experienced of a cassette melting 
in your car on a hot summer day, right? This is just music. This shouldn't happen, right? We've, we've had music melt, some of us. And then others of us remember having the tape get unwound and then having to roll it back up with a pencil, right? So these are things that we never have to do anymore. We are thankful. There was nothing wrong with cassette tapes in their day, right? They served their purpose. Um, but now they are simply incompatible with new and better things. We have moved on. Thanks be to God. And so, in our passage this morning, Jesus is talking about change. He's talking about new things. And he's talking about the fact that sometimes new things surpass old things. And he's trying to convince the Pharisees that sometimes new things simply aren't compatible with those old things. And if we read through the Gospel books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we can't avoid the Pharisees. They're everywhere. And at every turn in the story, they are the classic antagonists who are always actively objecting to Jesus' teaching and opposing everything that he wants to do. And so today in our passage, they come to Jesus with a question. And in the verses leading up to our passage, they've already asked him why he associates with tax collectors and sinners. But now they have moved on. We don't know if they were satisfied with Jesus' response to their first question. But they moved on to a second question, which is really more of an accusation. They've noticed that even though they themselves fast and pray, and even John's disciples fast and pray, they've noticed that Jesus' disciples don't. And they want to know why that is. They're confused because they feel like Jesus' disciples are almost too cheerful and happy to really be spiritual. Because in their experience, people who are spiritual will will fast and pray publicly for others to see. And so they're confused. They want to know why Jesus' disciples are different and why they aren't fasting and praying. And so Jesus responds to their accusation. But before we get to his response, it's important that we acknowledge that Jesus does not indulge their assumption that his disciples are not praying. He admits that they are not fasting, but he never says that they are not praying. And we know from other places in Scripture that Jesus is teaching them how to pray, teaching them what they should be praying for. And so prayer was central to who they were. And so Jesus does not indulge this idea that his followers were not people who prayed. They were very involved in prayer was a huge part of Jesus' ministry and what he was calling his followers to. But Jesus does admit here. He says we are guilty as charged that he and his followers are not fasting. Actually, Jesus not only admits that they're not fasting, but he says that they are feasting. They continue to eat and drink. They are having a party. Now, there are a lot of things about culture in our world that change over time. Lots of our world and lots of Jesus' world would be very, very different. But one of the things that stays the same is that people like to eat. People like food. We know this. And over the past several months, there was a Facebook group created called Kalamazoo Menu. It was created with the intent of helping local restaurants stay in business during quarantine by promoting them and spreading the word about which ones needed more business. And people really, they love sharing food. And so even in a time when we couldn't sit down and eat together, people love sharing their local discoveries and supporting local business. It's a pretty cool idea. Um, great thing happening in our community. I actually benefited from this. I tried Nonla Burger for the first time a few weeks ago, and my life will never be the same. That's going to be a frequent stop of mine. But obviously things have had to be a little bit different the last couple of months. But typically, food and celebration kind of go hand in hand. Whether it's parties or events, holidays or weddings, as Jesus references here in our passage, we eat together together when we celebrate together. 
It's just kind of what we do. They, the things go together. And so when the relig- religious leaders asked Jesus why his followers were not fasting, Jesus responded simply by saying, because they're celebrating. They're celebrating the fact that I have begun something so new in their lives and something new in the world. And it doesn't make sense for them to fast when what they long for most and what they need most is already here. Because Christ had become something so new and so real in their lives, all they could do was celebrate. And so Jesus goes on here to use two short parables, two analogies, to explain that the new things that he is doing simply won't fit in their old way of doing things that the Pharisees are used to. First he says, no one tears a piece from a new garment and sews it on an old garment. Because if you do, you will just ruin both. Something I read this week said that Jesus wanted to make it incredibly clear here that he didn't come to put a temporary patch on something. He came to do something completely new, something revolutionary. And then Jesus goes on and he uses a second analogy of wineskins, which I think is a little bit tougher for us because wineskins really aren't a part of our world. They're not a part of our everyday life. And I have to admit that the first time that I looked up what wineskins actually were, I was a little bit disturbed, okay? And so I know many of us have to leave from here and go directly to lunch. And so I'm not going to show you a picture or go into too much detail here, but for our purposes here this morning, basically wineskins are the skins of animals, usually goats, that were filled with wine and then sewn shut, and the wine was then given time to age inside these skins. And then through the process, the animal skins would expand with the pressure of the fermenting wine. And so then by the end of the process, the skins would become hard and brittle. Aren't you blessed this morning? And so Jesus says, and his audience would have understood that no one does this. Nobody does this. No one puts new wine into old wineskins and expects something good to happen they would know that the old wineskins were already old and brittle and they would just be asking for both the wine and the skins to be ruined. Jesus says new wine must be put into new wineskins with room for growth. He's explaining that sometimes new things simply aren't compatible with old things. And I know that this is a super strange passage with some strange analogies, but what I love about this passage is what it teaches us about who God is and what God is committed to doing and what therefore Jesus is committed to doing. This passage gives us good news. It gives us hope because in it we are reminded that we serve a God who desires to do new things and to make all things new. And that God is a God who gives new beginnings, who believes in fresh starts. He came so that people could begin again. That is some really good news. That is the truth of the gospel. And in the world that we're living in right now, if we just take a minute and pause and think about the world that we're living in, where so many things seem out of place. We see brokenness. We see injustice. We see wrongs that need to be made right. We see racism. We see division. We see violence. It feels like it's everywhere. But the good news is that Jesus makes it incredibly clear that he is doing something completely new. He's not coming to just put a temporary patch on an old problem. But he's introducing a whole new way of life and he invites us to a life that knows love, that knows justice, that knows peace, that is completely restored. 
And so the really good news this morning is that if our old way of life is broken, if our world is broken, if the way that we are living just isn't working anymore, and if we're willing to leave some of our old things behind, some of our old structures behind, Jesus offers something completely new, something completely different. So that's great news. That's the really good news. But this morning, there is a really big challenge for us in this because as we have gone through this series, we've recognized that we cannot change what we are not willing to name. And we know that 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 means change is really hard. We know this. And as people who've lived through 2020, we know this especially well. And I think as we look at our story this morning, I believe that Jesus, being fully human, understood this about humanity. I think he understood that most people tend to like things that are familiar and comfortable, things that are they're things that we're used to. And the Pharisees were not different than us. I, I, I hate it when we have things in common with the Pharisees. They're not exactly the people that we're trying to emulate. But I'm convinced that the challenge for us in 2020 is the same that it was for the Pharisees over 2,000 years ago. Because God has always been a God of new beginnings and fresh starts. But at the same time, we as people, all of us, we always resist change. We're always hesitant to let go of old things and embrace new things. And as I said, Jesus knew this. In verse 39, he points it out. He says, No one after drinking old wine desires new wine, but says the old is good. His words here are really, really challenging for us because if we're paying attention to the analogy, we should know that we should want the new wine. Unfortunately, after getting used to drinking the old wine, no one sees the need for new because they're used to the old and the old wine is good enough. It's good enough. Sometimes we can get comfortable with the way things have always been and we can miss the incredible new thing that God wants to do. But the radical thing about following Jesus is that as much as we naturally resist change, being a follower of Christ is in its nature an invitation to change. To change both personally, yes, but also to be a part of change and transformation in the world and the transformation that God wants to bring to the world. It's an invitation to see the world differently, to see people differently, to see as Jesus sees. It's an invitation to move from creatures of habit to creatures who have been changed and creatures who continue to be changed by the love and grace of Jesus. I know that the Lord has spoken to me this week as I've, I've read this passage again because I know that personally I avoid change as much as anyone. Um, I like my habits, I like my routines and my normal. And so if you're like me, 2020 has not been kind to normal, right? But if we really expect God to speak to us in new ways, to lead us in new ways, we have to create the space and the time to seek him and to listen to him and to find him. And so maybe that new wineskin that we need is a new habit of prayer or scripture reading, something that lets us seek God in a new way. Maybe it's finding a new place to get involved and to serve. Maybe you felt that God is 
asking you to be a part of a certain ministry or you've had a passion on your heart for a long time and you're seeing how that may mesh with what God's doing in the world. Maybe it's simply receiving a fresh start with God and remembering that he is a God of new beginnings and it's trading some of your old ways for some of his new ones. Maybe it's opening yourself up to new perspectives and ideas of how God may be working in the world. But whatever it is, whatever God might be inviting you to, I'm, I'm convinced that it is important that we as individuals, but also as the church, continue to believe and remember that God continues to do new things. Because if we really believe that God wants to do something new in our lives and in our church and our friends and our homes, it becomes really exciting to be a part of that kind of a kingdom. It becomes exciting to be a part of this church. And, and we've spent some time the last couple of weeks talking about what that looks like and all the things that we've accomplished here with God's help over the past couple of years. But as Pastor Jeff reminded us last week, we're not celebrating that we are simply checking things off a list. We're celebrating that God is moving us into a brand new season of ministry, and that is really, really exciting. And in some ways, it can kind of be frustrating that it seems like in the middle of this pandemic, we've kind of been derailed, that we were working on some pretty cool stuff, and then this has kind of gotten in the way. We've been, you know, interrupted, but I think we know that we've celebrated the last couple of weeks, that church has not been interrupted. We've simply had to change. And I think maybe more than ever, we can remember and we can know that the church is not a building. It is a community. It's the people. It's you. And it's been really impressive and amazing to see how in such a challenging time, People have stepped up and we've found new ways to love one another, to encourage one another, to come alongside one another and continue to invest in this community and in in our surrounding community. Thank you so much for being that kind of a church. And it's exciting and humbling that God invites us to participate in these new things. He's not worried about us messing up because we've never done it before. He's just asking us to join in and participate in all of the newness. And so this morning, I'm praying, and I hope that you will join me, that we would be open to the idea that sometimes new things that God wants to do simply aren't compatible with the old things that we're used to and that we're comfortable with. I think we know that that change is hard. I think we know that especially now. But I think we also know in this season that something new is sometimes exactly what we need. And so I want us to be encouraged this morning to know that we have a God who believes in new beginnings, who is eager to give those fresh starts. And when he shows up, he doesn't come to simply bring a temporary patch. We serve a God who wants to transform and radically change our hearts, our minds, and our lives. And he wants to invite us to be a part of transforming our world with a kingdom message that is so new and so different And so unlike anything else that this world has ever seen, it simply cannot fit with the old ways that we are used to. The old ways that we're used to simply can't contain it. 
That is the good news this morning. That is the gospel. I hope that it's spoken to you this morning. I'm going to, as I close this morning, I'm going to ask our ushers, if they would, uh, to come forward. They're going to help to dismiss you as we leave. And I'm going to pray as we close. Uh, But as I do that, let's continue to ask God to work in our hearts and our lives and open us up to the change that he may have for us personally, but then also how we can participate in the change that God is bringing to our world. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for being a God who gives new life, who gives new beginnings. And I do pray that you would help us. Help us to create the space that we need in our hearts and our lives for you to do new things. I ask that you would give us the desire to participate in the new things that you're doing in the world around us. We thank you for being a God who's been with us during these challenging months, and we pray that you would continue to lead us, guide us, remind us how you've provided for us and how you'll continue to do that. And then also that you would even be a God who helps us to embrace change and what it means to continue to be light and love for our world to see. Help us to see this world as Jesus sees it. It's in your name I pray. Amen. As you go this morning, I want to close uh, with a blessing for you, as we've done the last couple weeks, from Philippians 1, verse 6. So, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Go in his peace, be blessed, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.